everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to the show, this show is all about Magic the Gathering with a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons sprinkled in here and there. So this week I brought on two guests here, Michael and Tim from Cardsphere.com. They are part of the creators of the website and I just wanted to bring them on to talk about their website Cardsphere and how they created it and why they created it and what the website is all about and how you can utilize it and use it for yourself. And um, then we also talk a lot about magic and you know some other interests such as board games as well too. Um, I do want to let you all know ahead of time that there was a little bit of an audio snafu during the recording and you will hear some echoing sometimes and I did my best to try to minimize that but part of it was almost I don't want to say impossible to get rid of but very hard to get rid of and I tried my best to get rid of most of it so I apologize ahead of time for that but before we begin let's get some ads out of the way here well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping's at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt! Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Alright guys, I am here with Ted and Michael, uh, some of the minds behind Cardsphere here, and I brought them on today to really talk about their new website, Cardsphere, and what is it all really about. So I guess to start off with, let's have you guys introduce yourselves one at a time. Ted, do you want to start? Sure. Hi everyone, my name's Ted Rodney, and uh, uh, I'm one of the three founders of uh, Cardsphere, and a uh, long-time game player, and Magic is my favorite game, and uh, that's how I got into it. Okay, uh, cool. Hi, uh, my name is Michael Baranoff. I'm, uh, again, one of the three, three founders, uh, the developer, and uh, the treasurer for Carsphere. <laughs> uh, well, that's true, and uh, I love computer games, and I love Magic. I've been playing Magic since uh, 2000s, so... That's me. Okay, great. Uh, who's the third mind behind it? We uh, So Michael and I uh, live in Ottawa, Canada, and we have a okay. third partner, uh, Tom Reese, who lives in Texas. Uh, but Tom's a little bit shy about the uh, 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 interview process and talking to people. So oh, okay. so sometimes he joins us, um, but most of the time Michael and I do all the talking. Okay, no problem. So... Um, I guess let's just start off with what is Cardsphere? What is it exactly? 
Sure. Cardsphere is a uh, peer-to-peer uh, trading website that lets uh, the whole world become your trade partners. And uh, uh, we provide a lot of services to connect magic card traders with each other. Um, now, it's a bit unusual because uh, we operate on a kind of a reverse market, which means that uh, you can see when you put in all the cards that you have people that want to buy them from you and what yeah. they're offering for the card. So you're pushing your cards out to people. And sometimes that's that's a little bit of a weird concept uh, for people to get at first, uh, but it works really well. And uh, we're all backed by uh, cash, unlike other systems that use the same model who uh, developed you know, a site currency kind of thing. <laughs> uh, we went straight with the U.S. dollar. and uh, I guess we can say the name of what we're talking about, Puka Trade. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we always try to, uh, try to avoid, you know, the association because there's some yeah. negative connotations there. Um, but ultimately, the truth is, uh, the three of us were active Puka Traders and uh, decided that we could build something, something better. And, uh, okay. you know... Starting in uh, January 2018, the, the Steam has really started picking up and uh, the community's become much more active. And we're seeing about double the rate of trades that we had for our first eight months of uh, existence already this month or this month and last. And so uh, things are really picking up to a real fever pitch and the community's growing in leaps and bounds. Oh, wow. So, um... I guess probably one of the most common questions that you guys get a lot of is what makes you guys different compared to Puka Trade? You say you're backed by cash, but it almost seems like the process is very similar, if not the same. The process is uh, very similar. Um, you know, we we recognize that there was a, a very good idea out there in the market and a system that worked particularly well for each of us. Um as far as online trading goes, or you know what, I'm going to back it up even before I started online trading. Um, I think I'm kind of the stereotypical Canadian that, that is a little too overly polite and says sorry too often, that sort of thing. And face-to-face yeah. uh, -face trading um, is a little bit uncomfortable for me sometimes, you know? Uh, not always, and certainly not when I'm trading with friends, but if I'm binder grinding at an LGS, um, my goals are a little bit different than most people. You know, I'm not looking yeah. for value. Sometimes I'm looking for janky cards, and I really don't care that much about, you know, price being absolutely equal. So trading in person became a bit painful for me. Uh, and then I moved on to Deckbox, which is... A great website and we love it um i still use it as my collection management for now and um on that site you do symmetrical trading right so it's basically the same yeah. the same effect as trading in the store but with a bigger audience so that was better than trading in person because i had more options in front of me but it still involved the haggling right uh then i discovered on uh the old heavy meta podcast uh, they talked about Puka Trade, and so I checked it out on, on their recommendation, and I loved yeah. it. This was a great solution for me. I'm very busy, so I, I, I can't put in the time also all the time. So it, it's very convenient for me to be able to temper my activity. And when I can sit down for 10 minutes and look for trades and push them out, 
and and have it just be done at that point that's fantastic mm-hmm. and it fits very well with my lifestyle unfortunately as as time went on uh their leadership made some choices that kind of disenfranchised a lot of their community and uh when that happened uh you know by that point michael and i had become friends and uh uh, he and I decided that we could make a better alternative using some of the same principles and just stripping away the unnecessary. Okay. Okay. That's very understandable. Yeah. The unnecessary uh, and unfair. <laughs> that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, I, I do remember some of the, cause I, I was an early Puka trade user and I honestly, that's how I built my modern elves deck. That's how I built my Grixis Delver deck for modern. Um, and then, yeah, somewhere along the way, I just was barely getting any trades. It just wasn't really being noticeable. And I was a free user. I never did sign up for the other tiers of whatever they had. I don't remember exactly. And um, it's and while I have signed up for your guys' site, I haven't used it yet. I just haven't. I just haven't had the time to put into mo- what my wants and needs are. But it was, you know, very interesting because you know I follow you on Twitter and. Um, you know, you know, you guys are very active with it, and I'm just like, huh, you know, you guys are just starting to really blow up here, and I wanted to bring you on to just really kind of have you guys tell your story. So in terms of, you you know, you said you guys are having record numbers just this past month. Um, where do you guys sort of see yourselves going forward here now that you're starting to see all this growth? Well, um, the growth is fantastic, and, you know, being able to see some of the information we have on the back end... Uh, where, you know, our unique senders per day is just sort of skyrocketing is is awesome. Um, But, you know, we're a very small team being only three people. And so we're very careful about how we uh, chart our course, so to speak. Um, and, And we have a really wide and varied community as well, right? We have power traders who are, are value grinding. We have uh, people that are selling off massive 20-year-old collections and just trying to get out. And we have people, you know, like myself. I, I'm trading just like a casual trader. So despite the yeah. fact that, that you know, I'm involved and every day I'm yeah, working everybody. on Cardsphere, it's... Um, it's um, uh, sorry, Michael, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I'm saying that we got all types of traders on the platform, people exiting, people entering, people staying inside, changing formats, building decks, what not. Right. And we have, we have a lot of straight up uh, buyers as well. So yeah, collectors and yeah. all kinds of guys, people finishing sets. So we've been uh, building out that community and, and, you know, we try not to uh, establish too many long term goals because we want to be able to be responsive to the current shape of the community whatever that is yeah. at any one time right and uh, it's funny that this weekend we we actually uh, released the first uh, stage of our reputation system which is to have you know achievements just like you would find on xbox live or on the playstation network yeah. and so we introduced a, a badge system and uh, we got a lot of positive feedback we also got some negative feedback from power traders and, you know, we're really beginning to see, um, 
how you know one of our big challenges in the coming year is uh, achieving the right balance so that we're keeping people happy and uh, making sure everyone gets some love with features you know every so often well what have been some of the complaints about it so far because i did see you guys implement that on what saturday was it yeah um there were some valid uh complaints well valid criticism really i shouldn't say complaints about how much real estate we used on the the profile page and uh a very old and loyal cardsphere user actually proposed a, a really nice mock-up of what he'd rather see on the uh, profile page itself as opposed to the the card gallery where you can click through to see the badges um, I don't think anyone's had any um, problem with that but people wanted to uh, conserve the space available on their profile page um, uh, some some people told us that they they just don't care about it because it's not something that is interesting to them or they care much about so yeah. they'd like it hidden probably uh, other people uh, told us that they they love it, they like it, they're going to be relying on it when they're going to be sending cards. Um, you know, it, it was actually a very interesting feature for us to develop um, because we ourselves are not personally motivated by badges or achievements, right? <laughs> <laughs> so even as but even I, as video game players, you know. But you have to agree, it, w it was cool. Like I I. I was, I was, it was interesting for me to discover what my badges were because I'm as a, as a software developer, I was the first one to run the scripts to generate the badges. And I looked at my own badges and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that, that's interesting. I didn't know I, I, I sent those foils or didn't send them. Oh, I actually sent to like eight or nine countries or something, you know, it was pretty interesting. What, um, I, I guess getting a little technical here, um, because I'm also in IT, but I mainly handle, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm in more in infrastructure enterprise level dealing uh -huh. with VMware and SAN storage uh -huh. and all that. I work for healthcare doing, um, radiology mainly. So, mm -hmm. um, lots of, lots of data to store. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I guess I'm more curious. What's the back end of the, um, database? Is it Oracle SQL? It's uh, Postgres. It's what? It's uh, PostgreSQL. Postgres. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're we're hosted on uh, Heroku, and Heroku is a, uh, I think it's a leading container service when it comes to uh, uh, the ease of development and and uh, actually catering to the uh, developer crowd. Um, We've got the uh, database as a service, so somebody else is managing our database or backups yeah, or, or everything. Nice. So yeah, being a, a small that. team, we just can't afford um, DevOps like at yeah. all. Like it's something that we can we just cannot do. So we're overpaying a little bit um, to Heroku uh, compared to say I don't know Amazon or something you know self-hosted anything. Oh, so they are lines. cheaper than Amazon. Yeah, but. But we're we're saving so much in in, in the time and in, in time as our most precious uh, uh, resource right now. Yeah, I've just now started working on AWS, uh, looking at because using um their uh, 
platform as more of a backup solution to be able to store my encrypted backups up in the cloud instead of having to waste all that physical space. And um, it's also been something I've been looking into slowly migrating all my VM hosts up there too so I don't have to have any of that space there. Um, so who does, or I guess, what's the um, website actually coded in? How, how did you guys uh, do that? Uh, uh, the stack is, uh, it's um, uh, backend. Well, we talked about the database. Then uh, yeah. the backend code is written in Python on uh, using the Flask framework. Oh, nice. Um, we started with, um, with basic uh, jQuery-based uh, UI. Mm-hmm. And we're migrating our uh, UI pieces uh, one by one, and including the new features to uh, uh, Vue.js. And it's uh, uh, it, it's it's one of the frameworks uh, belonging to this new crop of uh, um, UI uh, technologies on the web, uh, similar to React and uh, and others. Um, yeah, and and we're building up our uh, REST APIs, uh, so someday. Um, we could be opening it up for uh, for use by our uh, uh, users. That'll be pretty cool. It's um sort of make it open source in a sense. We'll make the um, data open. Open open source or not so- source or not, but open API. Uh, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I mean. Um, no, but that's cool. Um, so you also are the treasury or treasurer? You said. Yes, I'm sort of the guy who, who makes sure that the uh, the money is kept where it's supposed to be kept and smoothed around when it's need to. Uh, and I also process the cash out requests for people. So when somebody clicks that button and says, "Hey, I want um, I want to withdraw some money," um, at at some point, you know, it's me who's clicking the button and, and getting things moving. Oh, okay. He he keeps oh. the money out of my hands so I don't buy any magic beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. So um I guess so it's it's mainly you three running the show, right? Right. Uh, it's not mainly, it's just the three of us. Well, oh, okay, that, okay. There's no mainly. That that's oh. that's probably not fair. We we should say that uh we we have a very um loyal community well, who do a lot for us. Yes, that is that is true. We got our um, uh, our admins and our uh, uh, our core group of supporters that are actually doing a lot of things. But when I said it's just the three of us, I'm saying that's uh, when it comes to uh, um, to running uh, the corporation and, and and the core business type of thing. Uh, but when it comes to the community and the combined effort and the feedback and and the time people put into uh, you know, greeting new users or um, sending out uh, just interesting things and setting up uh, games and Secret Santa and, and and all kinds of things. That's that's of course the uh, uh, people from the community are leaders and uh, and okay, core cool. users. In, in okay. fact, one of the one of the badges we released um, was sort of. Uh, the what is uh, the card we used for it is Telerian Academy, and uh, we're going to regularly sort of manually give that out, kind of a outstanding achievement in the field of excellence type of thing, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll be giving that out first to our our moderator Efren, who uh, was actually the very first user outside the three of us to sign up for oh, wow. Card Sphere, 
and uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Pack Crack Fever, and he opens all of his uh, receives from Cardsphere on the channel, and uh, you know moderates our Discord and and uh, provides lots of good feedback to us when we need it, and we often need it. Um, and we also uh, recently another um, uh, very close sort of uh, community member with us, um, Cody, has opened. Um, uh, a merchandise store where he started to sell cards fair merchandise. Now he's done a bit of a, a soft launch on it and uh, we need to help him give the store a bit of a coat of paint. Cause uh, he's not a web developer, but <laughs> you know uh, it's uh, TXCP uh, store, which is uh, Texas card pirates run by our oh, friend okay. Cody. So the community is doing a lot for us and uh the community is vital for us. We've stayed uh, in close contact with the community and grown the community uh, since September of 2016. So we spent a year or so as vaporware, or not not quite a year, but a good eight months as vaporware, and we're called vaporware quite frequently on the internet, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but you know, over time, the people in our our re- subreddit. Um, more and more people signed up and got involved. And so Cardsphere has been, since day one, really community-oriented. And uh, it's really community-led development, you know. We've we've undone changes we've made to the software when the community has let us know that we've made mistakes. And uh, we okay. consult heavily with, with the, the people closest to us, too. Oh, that's really nice to know. So, um, I, I guess going back to badges, I guess I'm more curious about the um, the process behind the whole thing. With like, what actually started it, and how did you guys actually really sort of come up with it, develop it, and you know, how many meetings were just involved when, you know, you, you guys, you mentioned earlier where, you know, you don't even really care about badges for something like this, but it was something that you guys implemented. So, yeah. so what was the thought process behind all that? And, you know, what sort of steps did you guys take to get to that point? I think, I think we had uh, uh, a similar idea or, you know, this, this general idea that uh, um, cards here should be fun for people. And maybe um, you know a, a similar system, uh, a system similar to achievements should be implemented. We had this idea from the get-go. Pretty much, it was okay. uh, in our initial, you know, maybe 10, 12 uh, point uh, uh, manifesto when we were starting Cardsphere. And <laughs> manifesto. Uh, <we've> been, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've been we've been sort of delaying it for quite a bit now and focusing on the on the core features, but we we thought that you know maybe the time is now, so we decided, hey, why don't we spend you know three four weeks and just just get it done, right, and and see what happens. I personally consider uh, badges to be first and foremost entertainment, because for most of our users, for for, for the vast majority. Uh, magic is a fun hobby and trading magic cards is another fun hobby right and why not make it a little bit more fun a little bit more entertaining why not let people see their badges uh, you know their friends badges their trade partners badges and kind of keep it interesting you know and we also thought that uh, making it a reputation light uh, sort of, uh, you know, the first step towards that uh, would be nice. Um, 
so we sat down and, and at some point we, we, we decided, okay, what's going to be the next feature? And we thought that, hey, let's pick this one up. Um, we'd, so, we'd already done a lot for power traders as well. And this is something for the more casual crowd, right? Yeah. And the process, and the process is we're, we're, we're agile. So we sit down and, and we talk about it. And then, you know, the next day we continue and we figure out what we want to do and uh, the general concepts. And then I go and, and start figuring out the feasibility of it. You know, how do we technically achieve this? How do we make sure that it's, it's performant, that it's lightweight, it's not affecting anything else? Uh, how are we going to do the testing? You know, all kinds of things. So we figure out and then... Okay. Uh, I, I come back to the guys and say, hey, that's that's the type of information we can rely on. That's what we're going to be counting for people and, you know, let's let's play with this. So we, uh, we took it to the community and, and said, hey, guys, help us uh, build the badges. And we got a lot of feedback and a lot of people came came up with some great ideas with the with the cards and uh, and, and everything. Um of course, we, we couldn't implement some of them, but some of them actually got implemented. Um, and that's, that's, that's where we are, and that's, that's how it uh, got created. Just like every feature we have, you know, it's, it's, it's a mix of, you know, some, some planning, some community discussions, some development, some testing. <laughs> and some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 we got caught on some of the bullshit because uh one one of the things that we did want to do with um uh badges is incentivize certain types of behavior or at least see how much we could incentivize certain types of behavior and one clear and consistent message is that people outside the United States wish they could get in on some more of the actions, more of the trades from yeah. from Americans, right? And so we knew early on that we were going to uh, be um, giving out badges for trading into particular countries. I know where this is going. Yeah, so <laughs> so in, if you send a card to Australia, uh, you get the badge didgeridoo. All of our badges are magic cards, so you get didgeridoo. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> if you send to Canada, you get into the north. And uh, the community's actually been very... They busted us within like two days because one of the one of our badges is... Um, what is it the, the, for Iceland, Michael? It's um, Hot Springs. Hot Springs. And, and we added that because we, it was a perfect match for Iceland. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't even know if we have a, any users in Iceland. So we, I guess I think we, we do. Do we? Yeah, I, th I think we do have a couple of uh, active traders in Iceland. But then when we were looking for Iceland, I noticed this uh, uh, St. Bernard dog in the picture of a card. What was that? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> but it was it's like it a was snow dog or snow like, snowhound like, snowhound snowhound exactly. exactly. I'm like that's got to be Switzerland. So we're like okay, <laughs> here's here's the badge. So we've got those the set of badges. So we've got you know the the, the typical you know high runner countries with a lot of yeah. users, and then we've got those one offs, and people are like, hey guys, how come you got this this country but not that other country? And I'm like. Well, you know, we actually didn't use a very scientific method for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny. Why have, have they busted you on countries that that there are users from, but n- no badge yet? I don't think we've got a specific no. complaint, but I'm sure it's coming. I, I Some, think that... somebody complained about <laughs> Ireland. Oh, we did. Um, we did. Yeah, we need to find something yeah. for Ireland. Um, I know that there was uh, one of our users in Israel who uh, uh, he didn't necessarily complain, but he said that he uh, he noted that we didn't have Israel yet. So, uh, well, what well, do we have? We've got. I, I guess you can't use the card Jihad for anywhere. So no, pretty... <laughs> probably we'll stay away from that. We're we're, we're going to try um... to stay away from the the political hot buttons. Yeah, yeah. But we, we um, oh, we did probably a lot of the older cards. Yeah, you can't use. <laughs> but we'll we'll have more in the phase two. So we decided that hey, we're not going to overdo them. You know, we we have uh, uh, on the order of magnitude of like eighty badges uh, designed and and in the system right now. Um, we'll give them a spin and then see how that goes. And uh, in the next phase, maybe we'll double them and we'll go for the funny ones or. Um, the interesting ones, or the even the some of the hidden ones that people will just discover. Okay. We we want to make it we want to make it fun. Exactly, yeah, definitely, definitely. It does sound like fun. Um, make a game, uh, be part of the game, right? Yeah, definitely. So, um, I know I mentioned earlier that you know the Puka trade. I mean, people are still you know, not so happy with the site, um, especially with the changes that are gone. Um, what are you guys trying to do to differ yourselves from Puka trade? I guess from a public perspective point of view, you you guys have sort of explained how it is differ when you're using it, but for the people who haven't signed up yet and just look at this and be like, Oh, this is just Puka trade and all that. What are you guys doing to sort of set yourselves apart? Um, well, a big a big thing for us as burned users was to make sure that uh, everything that we did was done ethically uh, and responsibly to the community from day one. Because in the 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 leadership of Puka Trade, you know, made some pretty suspect calls at certain times, and uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily believe that all of them were intentional you know, scammy things, uh, you know, I, yeah. I think that, that they were perhaps mistaken, uh, plays a lot of the time, you know? Um, but the end result was that the community didn't trust them very much. And, uh, that, that's what's really stalled trading. They, they've recently, uh, got John Medina in as the new director and, and, uh, they're the owners of the product have stepped back. John's not an owner. He's just working as the director to try and change it um change things around turn things around for them and and you know john's okay. a, a a great community ambassador and i think his heart's in out and uh certainly he's he's doing things um better than the old leadership did um and trying to be more transparent that sort of thing um but i mean these are things they're working toward that we've had since day one so uh, we've always um, let people know, you know, how many users do we have in the system? How many, how, you know, how much money is being transferred at any one time? Um, we also, uh, because we're dealing with actual cash rather than um, 
a virtual currency that we made up. Uh, we also have taken great pains to let people know the cash is always on hand. Cardsphere never uses money that doesn't belong to us. So r- right now, the, uh, the, the size of our economy is close to uh, $100,000. And that's all sitting in, in the Cardsphere bank account. And, you know, the money moves around virtually between people's accounts, but the entirety of our users' cash can be withdrawn at any time, right? And if people withdrew their, their money, there'd be no way for cards to flow because there'd be no credit in the system. But everyone gets their money. There's no risk to, to users at all. Yeah, we keep repeating that everywhere, and that's that's actually uh, one of our core promises. And I think I want to I want to put it on the front page in bigger letters, but Ted won't let me. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to support Ted's uh, um, uh, some of the uh, some of the points that he's making. We've been extremely open with our community, not only the numbers, but also uh, our business model is completely transparent. People know, um, you know, uh, roughly how much money we're making because we're we're, we're telling them, hey, um, this is how much it costs us to uh, acquire the money and uh, add it to our bank accounts and, and, and let it into the system. And then that's how much it takes to process and uh, that's how much it costs to run our servers. So at some point we published all of that information and, for example, you can refer people to this uh, end of year article that we had with some extra numbers so uh, there's there's nothing to hide there you know and, and, and the answer to how much money we're making is card sphere is still a labor of love <laughs> yes and that's that's where i was going with this is that you know anybody anybody who can do you know two plus two can double check our math and and figure out that um, you know cards yes cardsphere is profitable yes cardsphere is uh, is making money yes we are very extremely lean in terms of our spending and we're on a on a safe uh, and strong financial footing um, but uh, when it comes to labor costs you know it, it it is free right now and it has to stay free for the foreseeable future. Um, our goals as as the founders is to be employed by Cardsphere full time at some point, because and we're not hiding this. None of the three founders are um, full time employees at at Cardsphere. We're doing it, uh, you know, after work and on the weekends, and we're putting sometimes crazy hours. But that's that's after our day jobs. Yeah. Uh, as it happened, I, Michael and I met working at a at a software at company a software in Ottawa. Company in, in, that, in Ottawa. Yeah, and it's a it was a, a cloud management platform, so a front end that handled uh, AWS, VMware, Microsoft Azure. Yeah, and and Michael was so, uh, is one of the developers there still. I've changed to a different software company, uh, and <laughs> I led the support team and and wrote the knowledge base and did the training that sort of thing so um nice it, it made sense but between uh michael and i and then adding in tom's talents as well we actually have a very well-rounded team with people capable of handling most of the usual tasks and 
what we need help with. Uh, we've got a lot of people that we can consult with uh, and, and, you know, uh, benefit from their expertise as well. No, that's... We're, it we're, sounds we're like you guys got a really good thing it. going. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I like to stress that uh, we're intentionally keeping things super lean and... Um, you know, we we don't like to think about Cardsphere as a, as a typical startup. Um, you know, uh, uh, just pump and dump or, or or selling it to somebody. That's that's not our goal. That's not how we roll, right? Yeah, it's it's our labor of love, and and we, we love to be involved. And if it happens to be making us some extra cash on the side at some point, that's fantastic. Right now, I personally do it because I, I love programming and I love magic, and that that scratches the two eaches, you know, perfectly for me, you know, and that's 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 why I do this. And as a as a startup, we have unlimited runway, which pretty much never happens for startups, uh, because uh, you know people tend to think that committing themselves 100% or 200% to that startup is, is the perfect, uh, perfect recipe. Because if you don't, you're kind of not showing the devotion and, and, and dedication, yeah. uh, which, is, which is a big red flag in, in say, in, in the States or in, in the Valley. And we, didn't, we don't need investors' money. We didn't take anybody's money. We, uh, we didn't do uh, crowdfunding and anything. We, but we just, we've, uh, we've had bootstrapped and and therefore we are only uh, uh, responsible uh, yeah to the users to our community um, which it, which is a better thing overall which is a better to, which is a way yeah. better thing and we keep telling people that hey we can do this you know our server costs per month are less than $150 and that includes everything all the services we pay for everything Damn, that's nothing. Yeah, yes. my, my, Michael yes. knows how to write a pretty uh, <laughs> optimized query. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, and plus, you guys aren't really. I mean, I, I'm just assuming here that. I mean, how big would your database even be? Is it even that big? Oh no, it's it's, it's not big. You know, it's it's got some 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 interesting uh, queries and some interesting code when it comes to package matching because that's yeah. that's really computationally expensive so I had to jump through some loops and hoops and and there is uh, a bit of a secret sauce there but that's about it you know it's 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 super very lean and um, I like I like to tell people that that uh, tell us hey guys you're not gonna be around in in, a, in, a, in three months from now or you guys are not making enough money. No, no. You 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 don't want to be dealing with a startup that actually depends on somebody else's money and when the money runs out they're done, right? And with us it's just it's just not the case. You know, we we don't have that runway. Within to be within of uh, and within the first I think 2 weeks of uh, being live you know, we we probably had seven hundred users at the time. Uh, we were we were approached by a a, a large uh, company in in you know the secondary market space uh, who yeah. wanted who wanted to buy in. And there there's been a couple of other offers after that. And uh, you know everyone was very nice and very professional, but 
you know, uh, at the end of the day, after we sort of, you know, waved off the the large money amounts that were being thrown in our faces, uh, we we sat down and between the three of us said, you know, I like the bosses that I have right now, which are the other two guys in our community. Um, yeah, definitely. This way we have total control. And, and, you know, frankly, we've we've turned down the money pretty much just for the reason that we we promised people that we would only be accountable to them. And I don't know if that that's, you know, achievable in like a 10-year time frame long term, but uh, we're going to operate that way as long as we possibly can. Okay. No, that's that's nice to hear and it's almost kind of refreshing to hear because just like you said you're, you know, offered large amounts of money early on, you know, you could have easily have just taken it and just said boom, bye, see you later. You know. Well, we we also wanted to make sure that Cardsphere continued to be um a place where we wanted to trade, right? And and also the the community and the friendships that we've made are um really precious to us you know we've we've made a lot of good friends and we've had a lot of good times and you know we we uh every so often we'll we'll bust out you know a hundred tickets and and try and get a whole bunch of people together to do a draft on mtgo right and you know that's that's worth it for us and we we appreciate the fact that we're building something that we like to use as users and uh we're really grateful that uh, we've had so much faith shown in us from the community. So that's good enough for us right now, for sure. Yeah, for, for me, it's also a, 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 a technically uh, technical creative outlet, so to speak. You know, I, I like my day job. And as uh, as far as day jobs go these days, it's it's pretty close to great, right? But there's only so much excitement could be drawn from being told what to do every day, right? Yeah. Whereas when I work on, on Cardsphere, I decide what we do. I decide the technologies, how things go, and uh, whether we're doing it or not, you know, everything. So and Plus it looks really good on your resume too. Well, I, at this point in, in, <laughs> in my life, I don't care about my, my resume too much, right? I can I can switch a day job like overnight that it's it's not it's not the point you know um, i i want to have that creative outlet and i want i want to have something that belongs to me and i'm saying to me as because i'm i'm part of something something yeah. bigger yeah. but that's something i make it's not the selfish me it's the uh it's the um emotional me type of thing yeah no no i totally understand that that's what this podcast is it's my creative outlet um because like you said i'm like you said before i'm in it and usually when i get home i don't want to even look at computers or anything i just want to try to remain as technology free because it's not i'm in it every day all day and i'm on call 24 7 and it's it's working in healthcare, being on hospitals and all that. I could get called up anytime. It's when I have that time, it's I, I like working on this, even though I am on a computer. Um, but it's not I'm not tinkering with servers or VMware or anything like that. And it's I'm doing something that I enjoy. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. It's it's amazing how some of your hobbies can 
uh, can turn that way on you, right? I mean, everyone that I know who works in any kind of IT, I mean, we started it because we were the people who were interested and fascinated by computers, right? And we all have yep. we all have that moment in our history. Uh, for me, it, it was the connection to the first BBS that I could connect to in, in uh, mm-hmm. you know, the 90s, pre-internet, but dialing out to a, a BBS and I was done computers that, that, that <laughs> this is what I was going to do you know and uh, yep. and and then you know uh, working years and years in uh, you know technical support for software companies yeah some days you come home and you don't want to be in front of a computer um, you know one of the great things about cardsphere is I always like working on it it hasn't uh, burnt out and when you're talking about working two full-time jobs, for more than a year now, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to burn yeah, out for me. That's that's pretty good, good as 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 far as that thing goes. Yeah, yeah. and I'm and, and, and I'm I, I'm pretty old too. I'm I'm 46 in a month, and and just started <laughs> working two jobs, uh, so uh, it's really invigorating, and uh, that's the community, and uh, and you know also part, being part of the the greater magic, um, the greater magic community, right? Uh, this weekend, uh, I read uh, uh, Titus Chalk's Generation Dex, and it's a, a book. It's a history of uh, magic, you know, from the start, with uh, starting with uh, you know the original playtesters and Garfield, and how Watts yeah. developed, and and he takes you through the the whole history. You know, twenty five years of magic, and as I was reading through this book, and I I read it in three sittings. Um, I, you know, so much of what he talked about resonated with me. You know, he talked about, uh, you know, the Seattle music culture and also the, uh, you know, technology coming out of Washington at the same time. All of that happening alongside the explosion of magic and video games and stuff. And, and you know, I really felt like now as one of the founders of Cardsphere, I've, I've really joined that sort of greater metagame of contributing into the community and that's um that's really rewarding you know it's awesome and for me sometimes i i I feel like i'm a victim of uh, my uh, uh, hobbies you know magic and computers are the most (laughs) addictive things in the world and 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 those two you know mix together and, and grab and hold you and it's just sometimes i i'm i'm thinking okay well i'm i'm gonna take a day off tomorrow you know, just just to relax and just to kind of clear my head, it never happens. <laughs> oh no, I, I I know what you mean. It's like I'll, I'll try to stay off the computer or something because it, my computer, it you know, in my office is where also all my magic cards are, and I'll try to you know be like, all right, I don't want to go in the computer, but I want to go and build some magic decks, so I'm gonna be on the computer at the same time because I'm looking up cards and. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I yeah I know what you mean. It, it's, it's hard. It's great to be this passionate about something. I, I can't. Sometimes I can't keep Michael away from work when I want to. While he was working on badges this month, he was seriously ill. And when I say seriously ill, I mean <laughs> uh, we did a Skype one night, and and you know he was backlit and he was wearing a hoodie, and he honestly looked like the specter <laughs> of death. And I was like, oh, dude, man. please go lie down. I can't afford I, for you to I die. I had fever and I was cold. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that that's bad. I, I've been there. 
Oh, man. So do you guys have any kind of future developments or features that you're wanting to try to roll out soon that you can maybe talk about? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Badges, Michael mentioned earlier, took three weeks, and that's really unusual for us. Uh, Mostly we operate in... uh, in one week sprints, one or two weeks. And uh, we tend to deploy uh, minor improvements uh, each week. So you can check out the history of that um, by looking at our change log, and you'll see we're very regularly updating the software. And uh, Michael, why don't you talk about some of our plans? Maybe talk about uh, tagging. Uh, Yeah, so we had this this idea for a while now, and people have been asking us to... uh, sort of beef up uh, our um, uh, collection management game and and uh, and other related things. And we thought that uh, if we let uh, people tag their haves and wants with arbitrary tags, this will help them manage their collection way better. So they can, for example, have things like, you know, um, my scapeshift deck uh, wants or... Uh, this is my halves from box number 27 or, you know, anything along those lines and, and being able to search and filter and uh, m- manipulate uh, those haves and wants en masse uh, with that uh, would be a, a very welcome feature. So that's, yeah, that's something sure. that uh, we've been uh, working on behind the curtain a little bit and... It's something that we're going to start the development on um, shortly. So I think that's that's going to be a very uh, very interesting one. I'm super psyched about that because I don't know about you guys. Michael, this probably doesn't happen to you, but uh, I often go to my wants list and stare at a card and have no friggin' idea why I wanted it in the first place. Why? What? what I mean, <laughs> like, what, what the hell was I thinking? You know, I don't play Legacy, and I'm asking for a Jackal Pup. I'm sure it was a great idea at some point. Actually, I guess Jackal Pup probably doesn't even get played there. Um, but no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I would not think so. <laughs> I was just thinking old card. Um, yeah, that, so that's a that's an awesome feature. And and the other thing about tags is that um, it opens up a lot of runoff features, right? It's the foundation for lots of things. Michael mentioned filtering, uh, that kind of thing. We have we have a lot of bulk operations that you can do. So uh, with Cardsphere, you're, you're making an offer, a percentage you're willing to pay for a card off of its index price. The index price we grab from multiple external sources. Um, that's the one thing that we don't share with our our customers openly because uh, we don't want it to be gamed. So we don't want people to be okay. able to, you know, buy out this this vendor, for example, and then jack up the price and sell the cards, right? So we can't let that information out. Um, but the index price we get, we list and show for a card. So the index price might be $10, and then you can offer 80% of that and uh, know you'll be paying $8 for the card. And uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Oh, but yeah. So <laughs> if, if you have, uh, for example, you have all the cards that you want for standard tagged with standard, you can say, hey, I want to increase my um, I want to increase my offer on all standard cards by five percent or decrease my offer by five percent because I know rotation is coming. 
So there's a lot, a lot of power, uh, even above and beyond uh, collection management that tags will open up for us. Okay, cool. Do you guys have any um, sort of features planned outside of trading? Because you mentioned deck box and deck box you can trade, but you can also build decks and keep decks on there too, just to sort of for either your own purpose or to share them. Yeah, well, so far we we have been uh, exclusively focusing on uh, on the trade side of things. Even our um, um, information in our database was f exclusively focused on on tradeability, right? We for the longest time we did not have gaming information in the in the database associated with our uh, uh, with our cards, and it's recently we. Uh, we have been uh, adding that information uh, to the database, and it's now available. And we're going to be making use of it uh, pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be um, most likely improving our search capabilities and our, our presentation, adding, you know, sorting and filtering by by colors and rarities and, and stuff like this. Whereas before, we just well, we had rarity, but. Uh, we, we were lacking gaming information uh, uh, from in our database. Um, I think that's uh, that's going to uh, to happen. Um, we we have a a backlog of features, mostly drawn from the community. Uh, probably, I would get just and this is totally an offhand guess. Five years worth of work. <laughs> Well, I was going to go for number of cards, five, five or six hundred cards in our uh, in our Trello system where we do the the planning, um, and you know we organize those. We organize our 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 stories by things like this is trade mechanics or UI improvements, uh, things for our premium users, um, and integrations with uh, with our third parties um, such as you know imports and exports and whatnot. No. We, exactly. we, we, all, all we haven't done anything uh, as far as integrating with any of the social platforms yet. And, uh, you know, when we eventually do something like that, I'm sure that's going to be another hot button issue where some people hate it, some people love it, and others just don't care. Right? So, hmm. Ted, we should talk about our blog, right? Because we, we launched our blog, what, less than two months ago? Uh, yeah, well, it was pretty much the beginning of this year, really. Um, so we do. We have a blog attached to Cardsphere called Trading Posts, um, and uh, that was kind of another hot button issue because uh, people, uh, you know, a subset of people really were like, "Ah, oh, does everyone have to have articles? Like, we have enough. <laughs> there's enough magic content out there already." Uh, oh, so, yeah. and, and you know, there's 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 truth to that. So we decided we would still do a blog and we would still have articles that we uh, have sourced from the community. Um, but we've made it really unobtrusive in the site proper. So on our front page, you can see the two most recent articles. Uh, I just published one tonight about that book I was telling you about, Generation Dex, which, which is, you know, a little bit unique. I don't think it's the type of yeah. content that most people are looking for, but, uh, you know... Um, why not? <laughs> we'll throw it up there. It didn't cost me anything to write it or publish it, so we'll see what, what happens. And we always like to support people who do good work, and certainly uh, Titus Chalk did. Um, 
so there's two sort of quick links to the most recent stories on our front page and an unobtrusive uh, link in the footer how you can get to the blog. And, uh, you know, we're pumping out two or three articles a week and um, we have some people that are doing it and, and we're paying them to write. We have other people that are writing just because uh, they, they're good community members and, and they want to contribute. We also have a badge for for writing articles and and a whole bunch of people are now promising me articles because they're the 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 trophy hunters the achievement hunters <laughs> right and they've got to be complete oh man so i have a feeling i'm going to be doing they're a lot everywhere. of heavy editing heavy editing for the the trophy hunters <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i i i think you know maybe we should have had the blog uh, earlier on because it it sort of opened up uh um, another dimension to to this whole card sphere experience. It's yeah. it's not just a, a, a publishing platform, right? It's a, it's a way to give uh, voice to the community, right? And and we're okay uh, sometimes having something a little bit offbeat published on it, um, just because somebody you know offered it uh, to us, and, and you know we're, we're okay having a healthy mix of uh, card sphere related. Uh, uh, blog posts and news, you know, tips and tricks, um, uh, feature announcements and stuff like this. Um, then another pillar is, you know, the classic articles about, you know, deck techs and yeah. uh, and, and formats and, uh, you know, and, and individual, you know, uh, uh, card analysis and stuff like this. And the third one is, is just the offbeat stuff like this, uh, you know, a book review or... Um, or an article about raising a, f- a magic family, uh, talking about you know kids with uh, special needs, uh, um, you know, and how magic uh, helps them uh, uh, manage uh, uh, their their daily lives and learning experiences. And that 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 like article that that Michael's referencing uh, was written by Phil Morris, who you might know from the Twitter sphere and YouTube as Papa Mage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Young Mage's father. Young Mage's father. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we came to meet them. Uh, So Cardsphere, we've... uh, Whenever we've had the the opportunity, we've contributed to kids' charities and stuff like that. And we've had... uh, We've had some of our users do, you know, 24-hour gameplay to raise money for very... And so we always get involved when we can. Uh, You know, we're, we're in a position to help, and so we feel it's our responsibility to and uh how we came to meet the the mage family i guess <laughs> was uh uh after halloween young mage tweeted out a picture of a bowl with just a little bit of candy in it and he was sort of bemoaning the fact that that he didn't get as much candy as he wanted so you know i, I tweeted out to him and said hey man you know i'll send you candy uh just you know talk to your dad first and make sure it's okay and he answered, well, I'd rather have cards. <laughs> As any good magic player yeah. would, right? And so uh, I took that back to the community and uh, several of our, uh, our users in Discord mailed him cards and uh, we, mailed oh, him, nice. uh, we mailed him a bunch of boosters and that sort of thing. And then uh, uh, a little while later, he was doing an epilepsy fundraiser uh, because he has epilepsy and, and a few other uh, challenges. And uh, he wanted to raise $2,000 and wanted to know if we would sponsor him. So, of course, we we sponsored him and uh, brought in a cu- couple of other sponsors. And uh, 
then when we announced that we were uh, uh, starting the blog, uh, Papa Mage got in touch with me and said he'd be interested in, in doing some writing. And I said, you know what I'd really love to see is is I'd love to, as, as a parent, and I know that's certainly not you know all Magic players, but at this point, yeah. the game's 25 years old. There's enough of us parents out there, right? I said, I would oh, yeah. really love to know more about you know what how you're doing how you're integrating magic in your family life and he thought that was a great idea and so he wrote a spectacular article about it um yeah i think i think i read it too it was a couple months ago wasn't it yeah yeah well it'd be it would be maybe six weeks or something oh feels like a couple months ago it sure does man it really does yeah we get a lot done in a short time so it always feels like a week is like a month to me now Ted, I, did, I never mentioned to you, but I, I, I finally feel like I managed to ditch the Pokemons and uh, and we started playing uh, the dinosaur decks. Oh, yeah. talking about Pokemon? Well, yeah, well, he, he got into Pokemon this year and I had to learn the rules and, 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 and do the It's plays. not a bad game. It's, 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 it's not fun. bad, but it's it's not magic, man. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's not. It's far it's, um... from that. So so I built two dinosaur decks. Well, built. Okay, I gave him a pile. I'm like, hey, choose your cards. <laughs> so I got I got the leftovers. So we got the decks. <laughs> what are they? Played three games. It's, it's nice. pretty fascinating. It's pretty fascinating how kids are, uh, you know, uh, grasping uh, uh, the basics really fast, and it's it's very interesting oh, yeah. to follow their thought process. I'm gonna have to come over so that I can play against you guys, and you can sort of help them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what I've got. Two daughters. I've got a 14 year old and an eight year old. And my eight year old, uh, we built some really basic basic decks, uh, just monocolored decks just mainly tribal like goblins zombies and um elves stuff like that and taught her how to play that way and she's she likes magic but she can she's only really good for one game my 14 year old has started to take a liking to commander so we've been playing that every so often and she loves playing my favorite deck crucifix and she is kicking my butt with that deck because i've taught her how to play it and <laughs> and um yeah so that's her favorite deck to play but i'll like but i'll play another edh deck that can just whoop her butt with it and um no but she she's liking it um i wish we played more but like i said i can't force them into it it's they like their they like their own things that the big thing with them is minecraft they are that and and it's been a couple years now with minecraft and they're just as obsessed with it now than when they were back then so yeah my i i i have a eight-year-old and 11-year-old both both daughters and they you know they play minecraft every chance they can get and and you know it's been probably it was a year of pure creative which just made me want to kill myself and now uh now they're finally getting into survival so uh, you know, well, that's good. They're they're, they're, they're upgrading, upgrading their lives. lives. Right. I tried to <laughs> I tried to lure my my older daughter into um, uh, into magic. Uh, I want I tried to use the My Little Ponies uh, TCG as a gateway drug, 
but that's I'm so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, didn't. You know, the funny thing is, the game was not bad. It reminded me a lot of the old Star Trek Next Generation um, collectible card game from the nineties. Oh, I never played that. Uh, yeah. it, it's it was definitely unique, but it uh, anyway it it, it failed. But uh, the little one <laughs> is now talking about wanting to learn how to play, so uh, we're going to give yeah. it another shot soon. I, I'm one of the lucky guys because. My wife plays. Uh, actually, the, oh, you are lucky. This weekend was my my twelfth wedding anniversary, and uh, my oh, wife Sarah and I. Thank you. We we just went out and went out for dinner, and then got a hotel room. Left the kids with their uncle, and what my wife wanted to do was play sealed, which is her favorite format. So <laughs> we went out, and you know, we we played seals. We went out for a nice dinner, and then played uh, rivals sealed in the hotel room. At least that, that's, that's the cover-up story for kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that's just funny. It's like, oh, so what did you and your wife do You know, when you went on your anniversary? It's like, yeah, we played some Sealed. It's like, what's that? Exactly. Is that some that euphemism? <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, Sealed, it was amazing. She built some merfolk deck, and I built some dinos and <laughs> just went at it. <laughs> we, my, my wife's, uh, she's a, a data scientist, so... You know she's she's pretty dorky. I like dorky girls. <laughs> our 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 daughter is actually named after our first daughter is named after the first AI for Scrabble video games, Maven. Oh wow, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. cool. So um, pretty deep so, nerd. Yeah, we we've been getting into board gaming lately. It's um all of us we've been playing. Um, I finally convinced my wife to let me buy Settlers of Catan, which I know everybody's played by now, but my wife wouldn't let me buy it for the longest time. I have time. not. Um, really? I, I haven't played it either. I've played the junior version only. It's, um, junior, yes. It It's... It, I mean, it's it's not that it's difficult to play. It's It can be very involved, and but it's a lot of fun once you learn how to play. And um, it's... You know, we, we've been doing that. We've been playing just we've been getting into more board games some other card games um some dice games and just you know you know a lot of the niche type stuff and it's something that we're all really enjoying lately and even though i wish it was really all four player commander but it's i'll take i'll take what i can get it's nice to have a break <laughs> you know you know one thing that you might want to try with the kids is uh sushi go which is a, a drafting game so okay. uh, you're you're trying to assemble various plates of sushi, and uh, oh and, yeah, I've heard uh, about this. It, it's really yeah. good. So it, it's it's really simple, but it's fun enough for a magic player. And you actually, you know, you're sharpening your drafting chops because you have to pay attention to what's being passed around and sort of look for the signals and uh, and it's got such a uh, a cute sort of graphic design to it that little girls especially are all over it, right? So oh, yeah. That, that I, yeah. I would highly recommend that for anyone trying to get their, their children into uh, magic. It's a good gateway for it. I'll have to definitely check it out because the card game we've been playing the most right now is Exploding Kittens, and they just they love that game. It is so much fun. Tom sent um, that to uh, both Michael and I to play with our kids for Christmas, but I haven't tried it out yet. Um, it's very similar to Uno. Um, 
but the the I mean the best thing about it is all the artwork of it. The kids just crack up every time they play it. Uh, but no, I'll have to check out this sushi go. It's only ten bucks on Amazon, so uh, I couldn't recommend it more. It's awesome. Although there's there is a um, there's a more advanced version now called Sushi Go Party, which is probably why it's okay. only ten bucks. So Sushi oh, Go okay. Sushi Go Party is like the superset of it, right? So okay. Um, if you guys are into dice rolling games, just quick ones that you could play with your kids. Um, look into Dungeon Roll. It's yeah, it's basically you. It's kind of I, I wouldn't say D and D esque, but it's you, you and someone else plays as the good guys or bad guys, and you guys and whoever's playing the good guys, you got to roll your dice to form your party, whether they're like clerics, mages, fighters, and then the the person who's rolling for the bad guys they'll roll enemies and sometimes they'll roll treasure chests and you get treasure and you got to go down this dungeon to try to you know collect as much treasure as you can before you awaken a dragon it's um it's 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 a lot of fun i think that's maybe huh. only like 20 30 bucks or something like that but it's it's sounds, a really sounds quick like something game i could like <laughs> yeah I, I like so, the low cost uh really portable games you know I mean, I, I like oh, this is super portable too. I like I like big, more involved games as well. I think uh, one game Michael and I played with uh, some other uh, folks from our our work uh, was uh, Dead of Winter, the cooperative zombie horror survival, okay. and it's 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 pretty fun. Um, but uh, you know, I like to dabble in in everything. But for me, you know, Magic is pretty much the the perfect game. Oh yeah, yeah. Ma- magic is definitely number one for me, but I also I've also got a really big soft spot in my heart for D and D and other tabletop role playing games. It's I'll, I'll sometimes talk about D and D on the podcast when it's a slow Magic week, and um, because I I don't know I love D and D. I've I've been playing it. I think I've been playing it longer, if not about the same amount of time as Magic, too. I, I, for, I, for me, guys, there's there's nothing more exciting than the uh, the thrill of a nail biter, very close, you know, high stakes competitive modern match, you know, and 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 not the decks like two ships in the night, but interactive and it's, ugh. Michael like does, lantern control. I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that a lot. He does not play EDH. It's a great disappointment no. to me. He he will uh, not play a game that requires, uh, so no EDH, no basically no multiplayer. I couldn't get him to draft conspiracy, you know. Uh, okay, okay. D- d- don't get me wrong. I prefer um, modern or legacy more than anything. It's just when I don't really care about really playing seriously or anything. EDH is my go-to. And it, it's especially more fun with my kids, too, because I, I like to build my decks to be shenanigan-like, where you just do stupid, fun things. I could probably do a one-on-one commander, but when it's multiplayer, I, I just... He does I, not like I don't politics. like a lot of politics in my games, right? And, <laughs> That's and I want sometimes to be, some of the best And I parts. want to know who am I attacking and who am I being attacked by. And why? It, it, you know. that, that's some of the best parts, but it, it all really depends on your play group. Um, like if you have a really good group of friends, it can be fun. But if you're playing with random people, it could be. In a pod, it could be. It could be my problem. You know, I'm a bit of a uh, uh, you know control an earthworm. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. And yeah, I don't venture out uh, often enough uh, outside. So I actually have two different uh, EDH playgroups. I've got a a very serious group that's all spikes and I'm the worst player there. And, uh, you know, I, I go to sharpen my skills. Right. And, uh, and then the other group is, is when I host at home and the EDH game means people are going to be drinking and there's a lot of trash talk. Those are way more fun. Right. Uh, but you know, there, there, there is something. So the, the funny thing is, uh, I'm, I'm probably the best player, best player in that group. Yeah, I am. I am. That's that's what I was going to say. In one play group, I'm the best, and in the other play group, I'm the worst. So it's uh, you know, I I don't have a lot of opportunity to play uh, a nice middle of the road EDH game. I'm I'm either losing or winning. But you know, the great thing yeah. about EDH is sometimes even with the spikes, if I do the politics right, I can I can pull off the win, right? Or or at least be the kingmaker. Worst case scenario. So. <laughs> but th- this is oh, the, the the real power behind magic right uh and i think it's the thing that keeps us coming back is that magic isn't just a game it's it's a framework for a whole bunch of games uh yep. and while while i haven't done it yet uh i even want to try the explorers of Ix- ixalan you know i've got the yeah i've been meaning to pick that up i want to hey, really try hey, it hey ted yeah w- one of our users is building uh like real life momir box oh yeah who's who's that it's uh it's josh josh moore we've got article uh, he's got two articles about it but he's building a a momir basic stack to play in that's entirely off of card sphere and that's that's the fun (laughs) part of it right and he's he's got i think he's got 500 creatures so far and he talks in his articles about how he's trying to balance it with bands of power level kind of thing yeah and uh, he's getting very close to it being playable Unfortunately, we won't, you know, we don't get down to Texas a lot, so we'll have to rely yeah. on Tom to play it with him. <laughs> now, and speaking of Momir, even though it's not this, it's kind of, oh, it's not really the same, but Cube is another one of my favorite formats. I've been, I've been slowly, carefully crafting my Cube for almost a year now, and just, um, I'm set on it being 540 cards, and I'm just now slowly trying to balance the power levels. White is still way too strong, and I'm working on not completely nerfing it, but either trying to up the other colors to be stronger or nerf that just a little bit. Right. Cube, cube is awesome. I, I I love Cube. I love tinkering with cubes. I've, I've had... Yep. Uh, I've mostly done... Um, I don't I don't know if there's a term for them, but when you're trying to recreate a draft environment, so I had the original conspiracy, I had a cube for that. Yeah, it's still considered a cube because most of the times when you're building one for a set, it's like you get the four co- four of every common, three of every uncommon, two of every rare, one of each mythic, something right. like that. Yeah, that that that's pretty much what what I did. Um, but I but I have designed like peasant cubes before and. Uh, that, that's that's a lot of fun, you know, when you sit down and oh, yeah. look at your colors, figure out what archetypes you want for the colors. At least this was my process. And then what I specifically wanted to do is make sure that, you know, uh, between Rakdos players and Golgari players, they're going to fight over a lot of black cards, right? Oh, yeah. So that... that it, it, it's, t- it's tough to balance. Absolutely. 
uh, and and I have not successfully done it. So <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, white is still way too strong on my deck. It's every time I do like a sample draft just by myself, I'm always leaning towards white because I'm seeing like all these really powerful cards. Even though I keep upping the power level of all the other of all the other colors. But is that so, just yeah. your your preference, your play style? Like you can't resist Alish Norn when you see her show up, or what? <laughs> well, no, it's. It's um white's not even my favorite color to play. Really? Um, that that's yeah, no, it's it's one of my least favorite colors to play and <laughs> it's just I've made it too strong on my cube but I don't want to completely nerf it, you know what I mean? Cuz that cuz then no one's going to pick it. So, it's it's a balancing act. The the other thing <laughs> that that I've always wanted to do as far as gameplay but have never actually achieved. I've done chaos drafts for my birthday yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, I've always wanted to do a backdraft, you know, where, where you're trying to make the shittiest pool that you can, and then you, at the end of the oh, draft, you pass it left. Yeah, I, I, I've always wanted to do that just once to see exactly never, how dismal it gets. I've never done that, but I've done a complete blind draft one time at an FNM. Where you you literally don't look at the cards you're picking. Pretty much the then, same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's potentially and, better. Um, <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun because when you're trying to build the deck, you're just looking like, what am I even gonna do? <laughs> well, so, um, you know, chaos drafts are not far off of it. You know, uh, when you go out of your way to get fun, you know, twenty four packs. Of all different sets, and then you realize, yeah. wow, now I have a pile of garbage that has no synergy. How do I recover? The The trick is uh, play blue-white skies. Yeah, I was just about to say get flyers <laughs> yeah, that, and just swing. That's it. That's the only vi- viable strategy for Chaos Drive. Pretty much. Yep. No, man. So, all right, well, we're getting um, a little past the time here, but... I guess before we get going, um, you know, obviously that people can find you on cardsphere.com. Um, is there anywhere else people can find you on? I, I noticed there's like Reddit. Um, I think you mentioned Discord. Uh, where else can people find you all? Uh, you know, all the usual Facebook. places. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we have an Instagram account, but, you know... I'm 46. And <laughs> I, uh, I'm still I'm, trying to learn it myself. Exa- too. You know, I'm just I, I'm hitting maximum maximum uh, social engagement here. So the first thing I do in the morning and the last thing I do at night is usually uh, a, some kind of message on one of the platforms to you know the community. So I don't think yeah. I, I have room for another social platform. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but. That being said, we do love to have conversations with our users. Um, uh, you know, some of the best features that we've got came from our users and totally blindsided us. Uh, we we have features that we call together uh, window shopping, and it's all about operating in ways as traders that Michael and Tom and myself never would behave, right? So uh, we keep our ear pretty close to the ground and uh, like talking to people. It's a lot of fun. All right, awesome. Um, Michael, anything before we go? Uh, yes. So I, I'd i like to thank our users, uh, and I, I'd like to uh, encourage uh, people who are listening to try us out. And 
Um, I hope you're not going to be disappointed. Um, for people who would like to contact us, uh, do it. Talk to us. Uh, uh, we talk to everybody, even if, uh, uh, you know, maybe sometimes people feel that their, their idea has not been heard or has not received, you know, enough attention. Uh, uh, that's that's not true. We, we look at all the ideas and, and, you know, we sometimes revisit them. Um, please, please go ahead, interact with us. Right. And I don't, I don't know when you're going to put this uh, live, but we're taking a, a little well-deserved uh, kind of vacation this weekend. And Michael and I will be traveling down to GP Toronto. And so oh, nice. if, 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 there, if there's any time, I don't know when you're going to publish, but if there's time before GP Toronto, uh, I'm the little short fat guy with the giant beard wearing a card sphere <laughs> hat. So, uh, you know, anyone, uh, anyone who has any thoughts or comments or questions about what we're doing, uh, we're very approachable. Please let us know. Leave Michael alone in the main event and look for the guy who looks like Gimli. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this won't be published before GP Toronto to be afterwards. Okay. But um, well, you can take that out in the edits. <laughs> Ah, no, that's fine. I'll just leave it in. <laughs> well, no, but um, I just want to thank you guys again for coming on, taking time out of your night to just chat with me about card sphere and just about magic in general. Um, just thank you guys again. Hey, you're welcome. And uh, I we covered a lot of video games too. That that's kind of a nice surprise. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, Thanks well, a lot for having us on. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh, you're oh, you're really welcome. Have a great night.